You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Saturday, March 6th. As always, I am your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always, the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI and Friars on Base, or maybe my non-baseball, more entertainment-related work at places like Nerdist, Mental Floss, Film Cred, and hopefully many more in the future. Of this here Lockdown Padres podcast, guys, you can check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, which is spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you feel so inclined, please hit me up on either of those two accounts with any questions, comments, or concerns that you might have, and I'd love to talk about them here on the show. And even if not on the show, then I'd just love to reach out and talk back with you guys. I love talking with uh, with you guys who listen to the show. It's really a lot of fun. Um, but also, what's going to be a lot of fun, guys, is we're talking uh, with Stacey Gatsoulis of Locked On Yankees on today's episode. But before we get into that, before we finish up that Brett Gardner talk and talk a little bit more about fandom this time, I want to talk about yesterday's spring training game and also just some of my uh, other thoughts pertaining to uh, Trent Grisham and whatnot and just just some thoughts. So let's get right into that. Yesterday's game, uh, guys, the Padres won by a score of 9-3 to against the San Francisco Giants. Um, nice offensive kind of showcase here. Tatis, he goes two for three uh, with a strikeout, but still two for three. Uh, Grisham hits a double and gets two RBIs in the game. Um, really, really cool But that. But that's not what's the most important, in my opinion. The most important was it was the first kind of game we got to see of Joe Musgrove. He goes through two innings, giving up no hits, no runs, no walks, and striking out one, which is great. Really nice to see. He actually... Um, Looks pretty good, you know. Um, he threw three balls among the 17 pitches that he threw. Uh, four different pitches. That's pretty good. And the curveball in particular looked good. And that's the big thing with Joe Musgrove, I think, is that a lot of people are really, you know, is his last bunch of starts legit? And if you look at his last bunch of starts, especially his last um, uh, five September starts last year in 2020, he finished with a 2.16 ERA and a 38.8% strikeout rate in those September starts, um, which a lot of it had to do with his curveball, which he's been developing more, slowing down, just relying. You know, he he has multiple pitches, which is really good, I think, about him, and that, that gives the variety, I guess, obviously. I'm sounding like an average baseball fan right now, but you get what I'm saying. So Musgrove is the big thing here. I mean, if Musgrove can be that guy, man, if Musgrove can be this year's Zach Davies, that is going to be so huge for the Padres rotation. Um, I know that basically, you know, a lot of people probably heading into this year, we were expecting Adrian Morejon or Mackenzie Gore to probably be those four or five spots. But ever since they traded for Snell and Darvish and Joe Musgrove, obviously that kind of got thrown out the window. And Musgrove is going to be like one of those guys, I think that don't sleep on him. He's definitely an interesting guy. I don't think you should expect him to to blow the the canister open, but he's definitely at least there's some potential upside there. But granted, let's all keep in mind he's only started to show it recently. Like I said in those five September starts. So honestly, he's definitely one of the more interesting kind of questions about the Padres heading into the year. But I'm I'm really excited for it. It's I just I like these buy low type of trades that Preller has been doing. I mean, he basically bought low on Grisham and Davies. Um, especially the the former who was more known for his playoff tragedy than anything else. So and then that turned out pretty great. 
So it's uh it's pretty exciting in terms of other things from the game. Drew Pomeranz uh, made an appearance. He goes through one inning, giving up a hit and a walk and striking out two, but no runs. Uh, Emilio Pagod somehow gets the win, and in true Emilio Pagod form, he goes what are they giving up three runs, no walks, and two Ks? <laughs> that was mean. That was mean. I am fully not fully, but I am expecting Emilio Pagod to at least bounce back a little bit this year. I think that. Out of all the positions in a shortened season, I think relief pitchers are the ones that you could get extremely lucky or extremely unlucky in a small sample size um, like that. So, you know, definitely I'm hoping that Pagan at least becomes, you know, on the level of a Matt Strom. You know what I mean? At least don't don't be a Craig Stammen. Be more like a Matt Strom type. Be someone who at least I feel like, you know, I know he gives up the long ball uh, even during his best years. He's a little bit prone to the fly ball stuff, but I'm still hoping for Emilio Pagan to kind of bounce back. Uh, a home run from Igai Rosario and a home run from Tucupita Marcano, who is, I think that's how you say his name, who's, I believe, the Padres' number six prospect in their system at this point right now, um, which obviously has to uh, has something to do with the atrophying kind of uh, uh, farm system. Atrophying is a strong word. You know, the dwindling farms. Dwindling is also a strong word. What the heck? Uh, just because of all the trades Prowler's made. So that's really why they've rose up in the ranks. But uh, yeah, that's kind of cool. You know, solid game. And I think that the other big narrative, the one thing I want to talk about now is Trent Grisham. And Trent Grisham's fantastic. We love him. I talked about at the top of this, you know, the RBI and, and a double. Um, look, I think one of the interesting kind of discussions amongst Padres fans last year was whether or not Grisham should be the leadoff hitter. Um, people, Some people wanted Tatis being the leadoff hitter sometimes. Other people wanted people like Jake Cronenworth to be the leadoff hitter uh, because he's just more of a singles, doubles machine in a lot of ways. While Grisham does have some sort of power, you know what I mean? He hit like... 10 home runs last year so there's definitely some some power from him but he has to develop more as a hitter you know what I mean for sure but I don't agree with this idea that he shouldn't be the leadoff hitter actually if you look at Grisham just more of the the important stuff he walked more frequently once every 8.13 plate appearances and he chased fewer pitches outside the zone last year only 20.4 percent and that's better than any other Padres batter from last year and I know that you know He's terrible against lefties, so that's going to be something to monitor. But actually, what's interesting is so far, he's two for four with two doubles and four walks against left-handed pitching this spring. Uh, as Kevin Acey said on Twitter, if that continues, he could be the Padres' leadoff hitter virtually every day. His awareness of the strike zone and discipline is without peril on the Padres. So I agree. I think he's got one of the great upsides in terms of being one of those guys who can be the leadoff hitters. You know what I'm saying? Tatis is going to strike out a decent amount. Uh, Machado will strike out and guys like that. But I think that if he can really get up that walk rate, and really just see more pitches, that's the making of a leadoff hitter. So I'm not really questioning uh, the the potential lineup of it being, I think it it sounds like it's going to be Grisham, Tatis, Machado will probably be the top three, I'd assume. But um, that's just one thing I'm going to be keeping an eye on. If he can not be as much of a liability, I guess, against left-handed pitchers to the point where last season many times they were batting him ninth in the batting lineup, then I think that that could be huge. Um, So Grisham, don't sleep on the guy. I, I think we all slept on him a little bit last year, but don't sleep on him again. I think that he's one of those guys who is also going to be improving. It's just there's so much exciting about the Padres. I think every now and then we forget how young uh, Grisham is and how he's still got more uh, in his game to develop, despite being already like a top 50 player basically last year in baseball. Is that fair to say? Like probably top 50. So uh, really expecting a lot of things from Grisham this year. Do not sleep on him at all, even though I doubt many of you Padres fans are. Um, 
The next games they play are against the Dodgers, which is today at 3.05 p.m., just shortly after you probably guys uh, finish listening to this podcast. That game will be on. And then on Sunday, they play the Royals at 3.10 p.m. as well. Uh, I'll be recapping both of those games, giving any of my thoughts or any narratives and interesting stuff from that game, any tidbits I want to talk about for uh, Monday's pod. So stay tuned for that, guys. But now, let me quickly talk to you about something else. You know, we're talking about the Padres. We're talking about how exciting the potential of Trent Grisham is here, right, guys? But let me tell you about something else that's also exciting. It has a lot of potential, right? Those are the Built Bars. You know I love the Built Bars, guys. They're covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. They're really just the best protein bar around. And the reason I think they're the best around, aside from just being really yummy to eat, variety of flavors. They've got 12 original flavors, coconut almonds, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, orange, toffee almond, coconut, and peanut butter brownie, as well as Six amazing new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, which for my money is the one that I've noticed a lot of people like the most, uh, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. The last one of those, uh, my favorite. I love apple almond crisp. That's my favorite. But like I said, they are protein bars, which is awesome because they're they're perfect for people who are trying to be more health conscious. They're great for the keto diet thanks to high fiber, high protein, low sugar, low calorie. So what are you waiting for, guys? Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON20 and you'll get 20% off your next order. Remember that is promo code LOCKEDON20 for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. And also, guys, just want to talk to you quickly about Locked On Today. We're covering everything you need to know, obviously, about the Padres here. But when it comes to all the other sports, Locked On Today is your podcast, guys. It's hosted by the great, the iconic, and the legendary one, Peter Bukowski. And it's all the sports news you're going to need every single morning in under 20 minutes. That's the best part. Nice and short. Nice little kind of recap for all you sports fans out there uh, just on your way to work or something like that. So subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcast guys just one more message and then we're gonna uh start a chat with stacy yeah that was when i think that's that's urshela mike ford these ram bobs coming up oh yeah god your team was ridiculous yeah well that yeah that was the year they won 103 games Mm -hmm. right so they win 103 games they have like 30 guys on the il Mm -hmm. and it Mm -hmm. was like they set records with time on the il and the amount of guys on the il like it was mm-hmm. and every person they plugged in um cameron maben comes out of nowhere um <laughs> you know like we said mike talkman Gio Rochella, what like wh- what they got him for money like what, yeah. what on earth like everyone they plugged in at some point like even if they cooled off other guys would step up and it was just like whoa um, <laughs> it, it was a very, that was a really strange season. And I really believe that, uh, all the crap with oh, Domingo Herman and his oh, yeah, right. ridiculousness right before the end of the regular season and then getting suspended because mm-hmm. he couldn't keep his hands off a woman screwed right. them in the playoffs. Um, you know, could they have beaten Houston? I think so. I think they could have. Um, oh my God. Yeah. Have I told you my story about that? I was at a bar for that game. Oh god! And it was, I I like. Hey, if people want to stop listening at this point, but just if they're mad at me because now I'm talking about this, but oh man, so I was at. This is like one of the great memories, honestly, of my life the past couple of years because it epitomizes the highest of highs and lowest of lows. Oh yeah, within seconds. <laughs> In seconds, we're watching the game. And it's one of those things because I'm not much of a bar person for people who I don't know want to look into the inside life of of Javier Reyes. Um, But that was the moment I was like, 
I could get down with this thing, like watching with people who care about and are rooting for the same outcome. Obviously, I'm rooting for the Yankees in this situation. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't care about the Astros all that much. I didn't. Ha- we didn't hate them at the time, but I was like, oh, they won already. And I'm not going to be the idiot in here, be like, hey, go Houston. I kind of <laughs> like Altuve. No, yeah. I'm not stupid. So my <laughs> friend and I are watching, and the DJ LeBehu thing is happening. And you know how if you watch with people. Like the when the ball is hit high, you start slowly rising oh, out yeah. of your seat, uh-huh. like to follow the ball. Where I'm doing <laughs> yeah. that with my best friend. We're at the back of the the bar, or not the back of the bar, but we have like there's actually a mini. We're like sitting down in a booth, and there's a TV behind us, and then we're watching the one that everyone else is watching at the front. And we're rising, we're rising, rising, and it looked like oh my gosh! I mean, it looked like those crazy concerts you see, just beer flying everywhere. It was insane. We're we're hugging random people. <laughs> it's just, it, but it's so so fun. It's one of those things where like when people say they hate sports and they don't understand why people like it, I'm like, hey man, like just understand. There's a reason, and there's a reason we all lose our minds over this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's moments like these, and then. By lowest of lows, not just the fact that they lost, right? But it was to Jose Altuve. It was a changeup from Eraldis Chapman. At least it was Eraldis Chapman who was like the least liked Yankee I can think of in in a while. Yeah, Um, I discussed that on my show the other day. Very very (laughs) obvious reasons uh, why that's the case. Um, It stinks too because my dad was so excited when they were when he first heard about him. He Mm -hmm. was like, "They're they're getting he throws a hundred and two. Like my dad didn't know anything. My dad innocently didn't know about the uh, the other stuff outside of it. He just pay attention sometimes. And and then of course the stuff happens. But they hit the home run. Chapman has that dumbfounded look on his face. Obviously, we end up finding out what happened later. And the the whole buzzers, the buzzers, buzzers. No, whatever. You can leave that to the uh, people to discuss. But. Then, as that happens, as I mentioned earlier, we're in a booth and there's actually a TV behind us. This guy angrily throws his drink oh, no. <laughs> at the TV oh, no. that we're at, like goes between my best friend and I, like between us somehow, like he didn't hit us with the drink. And then it hits the TV and it splashes and it makes contact to all of us. So we went from being sh- like cursing to like... Like we didn't know how to react. Right. This guy's huge too. I'm not a very aggressive person. I wasn't gonna like get into an altercation with this guy. Mm-hmm. I was genuinely just down, dumbfounded. Right. I was like, what just happened? We were all <laughs> cheering, and now all of a sudden this guy's throwing a drink in our direction. I don't know how he didn't get kicked out. And then everyone in the in the room, and he's losing it. He's just shouting, you know, f bomb multiple times. I think he threw another drink at the, the TV. Pretty right. sure. And then uh, my my favorite part was also like this guy's girlfriend, like is like w- like mouthing to us, like I'm sorry, oh, and yeah. we're like, it's it's okay like i didn't you know what i mean like it was it we i didn't know if it was okay or not i I had no idea how to react i was just completely dumbfounded it's believe it or not still one of my favorite sports memories in a while but i hope to hey one day if i'm out in san diego somehow i'd love to go to one of these sports bars and watch the games with fans and stuff like that especially the playoffs because postseason baseball look all of you people want to hate on the regular season go ahead i agree um but man postseason baseball holy dear god it is just that's where dreams and memories are made, man. Oh yeah, I uh, my brother and I went to a Buffalo Wild Wings um, game three of the '09 World Series Halloween oh. night, oh, and there was Buffalo the rain delay, and then it started late. And you know, Andy Pettit gets the hit and he gets the RBI, and Swisher runs home and he flips over uh, what's his face, and I was just like. My brother and I are yelling at the TV and, you know, excited. And this one, this one girl in the table next to us, is like, um, they can't hear you. And I'm like, 
don't you hate those nerds who say that man it's like we know that dumbass she's lucky i didn't throw a drink at her head but (laughs) hold up guys really quickly i gotta talk to you about betonline.ag the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action that is what bet online does football might be over but the nba college basketball and the nhl are in full swing with baseball soon to follow obviously uh bet online they even cover awards tv shows and reality tv with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine bet online has you covered for all the news scores and odds it's the best way to place your bets and it is free to sign up free is always awesome right head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit that's right 50 percent Remember to use the promo code locked on guys bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Yeah. I'm like, it's gotten to a point in my life where I actually, I'm not saying you have to love sports, right? But when you have this attitude of like, there's no use for them. I'm like, all right, Sydney, who watches the bachelor every night, <laughs> like what the heck is the difference? You know what I mean? Not, I'm, I'm not trying to be sexist or anything like that. Or all right, Bob who watches home improvement every other night. Right? Like it's just, <laughs> It's very, I hate that. Right. It's entertainment, guys. It's the same thing as when you watch your Netflix binger show, all right? And yes, there is value to this. Understand that. I'm not saying whoever is my friend has to be like, I love baseball, but don't be one of those people. It just actively gets me upset, like this almost intellectualist like nonsense that people pull where they're like, actually, you know, there's nothing that sports actually provide. What, what could the sports provide for the world? I mean, honestly, we could be using those funds everywhere else. Shut up! nerd you know like <laughs> and i'm a nerd by the way you follow me on twitter like you just go look at my icons and stuff like i am one of those people too i just don't like people who aren't open-minded and dismiss entire mediums of entertainment right say i am not a fan of specifically mm-hmm. this one reality tv show but if you're just so opposed you know or if you don't like uh i don't know if you don't like animation as a whole like whether it be Disney Pixar or whether it be Tohei animation, Japanese stuff, that's just weird to me. Like you're just dismissing entire mediums. It's no different for sports. I'm like, I, yes, there's a value to these things. And not to mention it's great stories. Uh, there's a reason why people are into this. Go read some people who write, not just box score stuff. That's not all sports is. Right. You know what I mean? Go, go look up, I don't know. Uh, go look up Charlotte Wilder. She writes great stuff. She wrote an article about like Yeti coolers and the sports culture evolved around them years ago. That was freaking phenomenal. And I'm like, there's so much more to it. And there's a reason why people get into it. It's not just because, and like you said, yeah, I hate when they, they can't hear you or stop saying we, you're not part of the team. Why do you care so much? No, 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 no. Stop it. Stop it right now. Or we'll have to fight. I mean, it's just as simple as that. And it's not even like, all right, how much time we have? We've seven minutes. Um, you know, and it's not even just about that. Like, you know, there were there was a time where I couldn't talk to my father about anything. We would mm. constantly clash. But the one thing we mm. had in common was the Yankees. And I ended up writing an article about him five years ago um, after he passed away, talking about how or why the, the reason why I love baseball so much or write, a, write about baseball is him. And it was published on the Hardball Times, and it took me a while to write. Um, I was having a lot of trouble finishing it. Mm. And then I I had like a two-month block where I wrote most of it, and then I just couldn't figure out how to end it. Mm. And then I finally figured out how to end it. I bawled while I was writing it. 
<laughs> I can imagine. Because it was about his death, basically, the end. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I was worried about publishing it, but I was like, you know what? I mean, you know, other people have this kind of bond with whether it's a mother, a grandmother, like someone is the one who introduced you to sports. So everyone's going mm-hmm. to yep. relate to it. It'll resonate with them. Brandon McCarthy read it and retweeted it. Oh, Brandon McCarthy. I almost Brandon McCarthy, great Twitter follow too. I almost fainted because I was <laughs> that's I awesome. Was, like I was terrified that I was putting myself out there in that mm-hmm. way, mm-hmm. and then I was getting nothing but positive feedback from people. And then when I saw that he he's like, you know, even if you don't like sports, you should read this. And my friends who do, couldn't care less about sports, but they knew the relationship that I had with my dad, mm-hmm. you know, uh, family members, um, my one cousin who's like the most stoic unemotional person you'll ever meet in your life he's like yeah that made me cry (laughs) (laughs) i gotta read this too now what the heck i didn't know about this i gotta read this yeah it's uh it's still on hardball times it's called Mm -hmm. my dad and the yankees and Mm -hmm. i Mm -hmm. i published it in january of 2016 it's the best thing i've ever written i'll say this i can say it because it is um and i even said so at the time i'm like this is my zenith everything's gonna go downhill for me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the magnum opus of Stacy yeah. Gatsoulias's writing career. I mean, yeah. man, it's just, yeah. I mean, that's a whole nother discussion. Just the people who hate sports, man. I hate you too. How about right. that? You know I, dated, mean? Like, I dated a guy who didn't like sports and he came mm-hmm. with me to a Yankee game and it was a Yankees Red Sox game. And he was just being a douchebag cheering for the Ugh. Red Sox because he knew that Ugh. it was going to bother me. And he's oh. like, I didn't throw him over the <laughs> Oh, I mean, he's lucky he didn't get like beat up. Yeah. You know, like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know what I mean? People I know that have no, don't know anything about sports, like, bro, choose a rivalry that's at least not as toxic and, you know, crazy as that one. Like, it's a great rivalry. I don't mean the word toxic, but like, are you insane? I remember seeing like when I was like 10, there was some Yankee fan who had like gear who went to a Red Sox game. There was video footage of him getting the crap beat out of him mm-hmm. on the 12 o'clock news afterwards. <laughs> I was like, what guy? Like, no, 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 no. Like you're asking to be harmed. Yes. If you do Yankees, Red Sox, vice versa. Like that's just not, that is not cool, man. And I've never been to a Yankees Red Sox game, but oh, that would I've definitely. Been to, I've been to too many because I had the Sunday <laughs> plan and there were so many yeah. Sunday night ESPN games that were Yankee Red Sox. And mm-hmm. There was one game. I'll tell this quickly. Oh, the Yankees were being, they were just, they were horrible. They were, it was like 11, two or whatever the hell and half the stadium emptied out. And these two like 12 year old Red Sox fans were sitting behind me. And I had a couple of beers at that point. And I don't normally drink at games because I'm already belligerent. (laughs) And I basically threatened, I turned around and I said, if you say one more thing, I'm throwing you over the railing and my best friend's like the throwing over the railing threat is a favorite of yours i see (laughs) well i was five rows from the uh, like the edge of the upper deck they Uh would have fallen right onto the yankees dugout in the old stadium and my best friend's like stay still like 12 (laughs) she's like you need to calm down (laughs) i was like 30 at the time i'm like i don't care they're being disrespectful (laughs) that's funny because i'm the opposite believe it or not despite my energy to all that i'm actually one of the more i'm more of a quiet type sports fan unless i'm like blitzed which yeah. even that, like I mostly, well, if I'm it's a team I don't constantly. care about, like if something yeah, yeah. good oh, happens, no, of course, I'll of scream course. and stuff. But I'm not. Oh saying yeah, of course, like, of course. <laughs> yeah, I've never been a booer ever in my life. Yeah, I no. just never understood the point of it. Mm-hmm. That's the only take of like Colin Cowherd's I've ever agreed with in my life, where I just, I've never understood it. If you actively 
100% have proof that a player is not trying. Okay. Right. It's like, you think this dude who like had an error at second base loves that that just happened. He's like looking for, he's like, yeah, but no, no, like th- th- that's terrible. Like, Hey, I remember your team. This is one thing I do remember. Last, last thing. Oh man, we're going at such a, a tangent. Um, I forgot what we were talking about. Brett Gardner was the topic of the podcast. Um, when Stanton, I think it was, so this is my junior year. And I think he, I heard about this on when I was, I, I think I watched PTI when I got home from school that he had like a four strikeout game in one of his first games at Yankee stadium and the fans were booing. Oh yeah. I was just like, bruh, <laughs> like you fickle. Like it was like opening day. They were booing him. I was like, bro, you know, this guy hit like 55 homers last year, right? Like, all right. Yeah. It's not great, but he's trying like leave the dude alone. And he was quietly really good that season. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. I looked it up. So yeah, the, that's just, Sports fans can also be quite stupid. I don't, I understand when people are like sports fans are ridiculous and I can't stand them sometimes. I get that. Right. But under, try to separate that from sports and the the good of it as a whole, I think is what I would recommend to those people. But I agree. Hey, my best friend's a Philadelphia fan. I, there have been times when I'm, we really don't fight. Like it's only been like twice. One was about politics and just where we thought the country was going. And it really was a hilarious fight looking back on it, kind of. Um, and then the other time was when I made like a little comment about him, like, hey, I just think it's a little bit of a problem that Ben Simmons can't shoot for 15 feet out. And he got so pissed at me. He was like, oh, yeah, well, he gets up and is like about to fight me. And I was like, all right, you want to do this right now? We've known each other for like eight years, 10 years, actually. So I'm like, all right, this is what's going to be the thing that breaks the camel's back or whatever. Then, okay, but yeah, sports fans can't lose their mind. And sometimes, yep, when you're around a lot of dudes, especially the dude bros, uh, I won't name the type of people that are necessary in this industry that have that uh, type of personality, but the dude bros, like when I'm at Atlantic City and they're like, no, man, no, man, no, 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 they're good to do it. Like the way people talk sometimes, I'm like, yeah, I will say one thing about sports fans, not the, we, we don't always have the most diverse set of voices, right. I think, in the world, uh, especially in terms of media and stuff like that. And especially when it comes to women, obviously, it's just like every now and then it's like, I do. I am someone who holds the belief that the more guys you have in the same room, only guys know women or whatever, like the IQ falls down <laughs> like per. So like, I think when you're at like four or five is okay. Yeah. You're a little silly and whatnot, but like when you're starting to get to like the 15 number, there's no women in the room. Mm-hmm. Each member you add, the IQ point goes down by at least five. I'd say like you, you it's the type of stuff like it, you would, you would genuinely all, all of us get together. Hey, you know, fight club, like, let's do that. <laughs> like, That's the type of thing that happens with guys. So yeah, anything for sports, especially, I mean, with what's happened in the MLB this off season, like we definitely need more uh, diverse voices for sure. Oh yeah. So to end the Brett Gardner extravaganza, <laughs> let's just quickly go through. So they officially, they made it official today. So a one-year contract, 2021 player option for 2022. If the option is declined, there's a club option for 2022 to make room on the 40 man. Severino is placed on the 60 day DL that a DL IL, excuse me. Um, That's not shocking because they're not looking for him to come back until at least June or July. So that's Mm -hmm. not a big deal, Um, but we're happy about Brett Gardner. We have at least one more year with him, one more year for the Yankees to try and Mm -hmm. do something, maybe make it past an ALCS and into the World Series. That would be nice. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We'll see. Hey, maybe you're going to be in a World Series against my team. I mean, the Yankees are probably, I think most 
projections, most rankings, everybody is like Dodgers, Padres, Yankees. And I think that it's, it's going to be fun. It could be, it could yeah. be Yankees, Padres of the world series. I would. And yes, everyone listening. Yes. I'd be rooting for the Padres, but <laughs> Hey, there's worse teams to lose to. Don't get me wrong. Unless some team develops, like say if it was the Astros that made it back into the world series, oh. especially when they're at the height of their evil last year, then that would be the number one team that, Oh man, that would be the absolute worst, but that I'd be, it would be very interesting. The house, the Reyes household, like how I'll be like, I don't care if you host the podcast. I don't care if you're a Padres dude, you know, these past few years, like, I don't care. Like you can't eat tonight. It's as simple <laughs> as that. Like, and I'll be like, all right, like I gotta leave. Uh, so hopefully that happens. And I'm definitely going to be following along and for better or worse. I still am in the Yankees circle and still see all the media members, all my friends from school who tweet about them and the Mets. Mets are another team. Mets should be a lot of fun. New York sports are really reliant on the Nets and then the Yankees and uh, Mets right now. Yeah. Football yeah. is really killing them. So they got to hope that New York comes through. That's true. Well, thank you for coming on. It was a blast, man. It was a yes, blast. Yes, as usual. And, uh, you know, we'll do this a number of times during the season. And huzzah, everybody. That is it for my chat with Stacey Gatsoulias of Locked On Yankees. Always love having her on the podcast. I try to have fine excuses to have her on the podcast. She's just a really good friend of mine. I, lo- I love her so much. She's fantastic. Go check out her podcast, guys. Uh, before we talk about the future of this pod, though, I want to talk to you really quickly about Locked On MLB Prospects. If you're the type of baseball fan that can't help but get giddy and super dorky and nerdy over at Prospects, we have the podcast and the host for you. Locked On MLB Prospects, it is hosted by minor league play-by-play voice extraordinaire Aaron Layton, another good friend of mine. He's It is the only daily podcast devoted entirely to the stars of tomorrow from team-focused farm system breakdowns, prospect rankings, and interviews with some of the brightest up-and-comers in the game. Lockdown MLB, Pro- MLB Prospects is the best way to stay plugged in on the future of your favorite team. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcast, guys. And honestly, I'm hoping to have Aaron on the show uh, soon, too. Uh, I think I'm going to have to talk to him about some of the remaining kind of roster spots and who might... Uh, you know, fill out those spots, I think could be a lot of fun. So, uh, but in terms of the future of this pod Monday and Tuesday, I think I'm planning on doing my, my official, like 10 questions for the 2021 season, as well as recapping this weekend, spring training action. I'll be sure to do that. Uh, should be a lot of fun. Honestly, I'm really looking forward to have something more official, I guess. And then also coming this week is going to be my chat with Kat Garcia, who is a freelance baseball writer. Uh, she wrote this really great piece about kind of uh, the relationship between baseball and radio. And she interviewed a whole bunch of people. Uh, it's, it's, really good and I'm really just excited to talk to her about that Um, and on Wednesday we have another crossover another division day pod this time though with Ben Kaspic of Locked On Giants so that's going to be a whole lot of fun it's been so long since I've talked to Ben I cannot wait to see that guy he's such a dork him and Aaron both I would say are the biggest dorks on uh, the the MLB network I'd say of Locked On at least it's close it's close Dylan Short of Locked On Braves is up there a lot of dorks on the network but those two I just I love them so much they're so smart man I I wish I was as smart as those guys but uh, with that all being said, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever. And be sure to send me while you're at it. If you're on Apple Podcasts, send me some five-star reviews. I would greatly appreciate getting my little old rating up. That would make me very happy. Be sure to follow the Twitter account for the show at LO underscore Padres or at Javapeno, which is my personal account, J A V I I P E N O. And until next time, stay safe and of course, stay faithful. My Friar Faithful homies, take care.